sometimes people ask me, they say, Brother Shetler, how do you get your messages? Well, <laughs> I wonder, like, why are you asking that? Because maybe you need to get another source. I don't know. But anyways, so they ask me sometimes how I get my messages in a lot of different ways. Obviously, if you're in a study, you're, you're studying every week in, in that area. Different things happen in my life. And when they happen, I go like, wow, that'll preach. That'll be a message one day. But tonight's message is a little bit different. I have never received a message the way that I got this one. And it was really a great story. Uh, I have a, a, a man that I just really enjoy my time with. Um, you know, there's three kinds of people in your life. There's people that when you're around them, you, you just don't think you can ever talk about the Lord around them. It's just like really hard to get the Lord into a conversation, and they're just not spiritual. And then there's some people that when you're around them, you feel like you've got to talk about the Lord. It's like, it's not that you really want to, but you just feel like, okay, that, uh, I guess you just talk about the Lord when you're around them. You know, I guess maybe they're super spiritual. But then there's people when you're around, you want to talk about the Lord around. When you're with them, you just say, I just want to talk about the Lord around them. I don't feel like I got to. I don't feel like I can. I just like to. Well, that's Steve Rouse. Steve Rouse is a is a, just a man's man. He's a big guy. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He, he's got his own uh, carpentry business. Uh, he builds uh, cabinets and everything like that. And I just love Steve. And, uh, and Steve loves me. But anyways, uh, so we would get together. Uh, it's been so long now. But uh, when I lived back in Florida, uh, Steve and I'd get together maybe once every other month or whatever. He wasn't in our church. He was just a man that, that I've developed a friendship with. And maybe about once every other month, I wouldn't say every month, once every other month, we would go out to a little uh, redneck diner called Fran's Diner. I, I hear it doesn't even exist anymore, and that's too bad. Because they just, I mean, it was just redneck. It was good. Everyone there was named Bubba. And those were the, and those were the waitresses, you know. And uh, it was just a great place to eat. And, and, uh, and Steve and I would go have lunch together. And when we did, we just talked about what we were having in our devotions and, and what the Lord was doing in our lives and everything. And one day we were having lunch. And Steve said to me, he said, hey, pastor, do you know who Ahithophel is? I said, Ahithophel, 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 Ahithophel. Oh, oh, Steve, somebody in David's court, isn't it? Wasn't it somebody, something to do around David? He says, that's right. He said, do you know who Ahithophel was? And I said, well, I don't know. I know he was something around David. Good guy, bad guy, I don't remember. But somewhere, he said, that's right. He says, Pastor, you've got to find out who Ahithophel is. He says, it's really interesting. I said, okay, I'll look into it. Hey, let me ask you, though, who is Ahithophel? He said, well, he says, Pastor, you got to find it out. I said, okay, I'll look into it, but who is he? Tell me now, and then I'll, you know, I'll look. He said, I'm not going to tell you. you got to find out who Ahithophel is. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So we eat a little bit, and we're talking about some other things, and I slip it back in again. Hey, Steve, yeah, Pastor, who's Ahithophel? And he said, hey, you got to find out on your own. you got to find it out on your own. And I said, yeah, 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 I'll do that. But who is he? He said, I'm not telling you. It's so cool. And I said, so we finished the meal, and Steve even bought the meal that day. We're out in the parking lot, and we're about to leave. And, and he says, bye, Pastor, that was a great lunch. And I said, bye, Steve, that was. Hey, Steve, yeah, who's a Hithophel? And he said, Pastor, you got to find out. It, it is really cool. 
So it's about a week later or whatever. I'm in my study and I got a little bit of time. And I said, ah, that Ahithophel thing. I was studying on something about David. And I thought, ooh, ooh, that Ahithophel guy. I got to look that guy up. So I took my Strong's Concordance. And I opened it up. And I began to look at every passage that had Ahithophel in it. And oh boy, what, what a painting came together. Young people, I hope you like mysteries tonight because I'm going to give you one of the coolest mysteries in the Bible. The title of my message is, Who is Ahithophel? So let's all practice his name, okay? Who is Oh, that was terrible, campers. It must be Thursday night. Everyone together, who is Ahithophel? Hey, ask the person next to you. Hey, who is Ahithophel? All right. Now, let me tell you the title of my message. Who is Ahithophel? A portrait of bitterness. A portrait of bitterness. And I got to tell you. I don't know of a guy in the Bible that is a better picture of a bitter person than Ahithophel was. And I want to help you tonight. I did not have this message on my radar. I was not planning on preaching this message this week. And I believe, and just talking to some people, some of the things counselors have said, that there's people that are struggling with some things. But I want to help you tonight. And I can't think of a better way than to find out who is Ahithophel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and, uh, and then we will begin. Father, I pray for a work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of young and old tonight. I would like to ask, Father, that in the name of Christ, we will never forget how to deal with bitterness and Lord, may we never forget the character of Ahithophel and what can happen in our own lives if it happened to Ahithophel. Father, I pray tonight some young people would let something go that they have been struggling with. Father, that bitterness is a root. And Father, we are not trying to clip some branches and twigs and limbs off tonight. Father, we're not dealing with symptom sins. Father, I think one of the tap roots of so much problem in our country, in our churches, and amongst young people, Father, is this root of bitterness. So in the name of Jesus, may young people pull up the root of bitterness that is defiling them in so many areas and also defiling others. They are a major problem in their family because of their bitterness. They are causing incredible pain to a mom and dad. They are holding back a youth group from revival. They are just making life miserable for themselves and for others. Lord, May we deal biblically with bitterness tonight. Father, if we know somebody in here that's bitter, I pray we'll pray for them. But Lord, may we listen to, maybe we can help somebody 
one day with bitterness. So Lord, I dedicate this time to you tonight. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. You gave us these examples. You gave us Ahithophel. And I love that we got to search the scriptures. Lord, as we search the scriptures to find out who this man is, may it challenge us to stay far away from a bitterness. So, Lord, I dedicate it to you. I pray for many decisions tonight. I do, Lord. I pray that you'll really work. And some young people, this may be the reason why they came to camp this summer, was for this message tonight. Really help them, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Hey, I want to tell you this. On a scale from 1 to 10, about you guys listening this week, on a scale from 1 to 10, you guys are a 200, okay? I mean, you guys have done a, yeah, give yourself a hand. You guys have done a great job listening. Tonight maybe I don't think this is going to be hard because I'm telling you, a mystery keeps me going. And I think you're going to really like the mystery. Now, now if we're talking about David, you know we're going to be somewhere in 1st, 2nd Samuel, somewhere along that. But we've got to start somewhere else. And I need about 15 minutes to lay out bitterness. Now, if you came into my office and I was dealing with you and you, and it wasn't very long after a few questions, we go, okay, we got a bitter person here. I wouldn't talk to you about Ahithophel. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'll tell you where I would send you. I would send you to Exodus chapter 15. So that's where we got to start. I need about 15 minutes to lay down the foundation of bitterness so you understand what it is and how to deal with it. And then I'm going to give you the consequences in a man named Ahithophel. But we've got to understand what bitterness is. I need about 15 minutes. Exodus chapter 15. Now, Exodus chapter 15 is a really cool chapter. Because do you, does anyone here have any idea what is before Exodus 15? You guys are amazing. That's what I'm saying. 200 out of 1 to 10, okay? Exodus 14. And let me tell you what happens in Exodus 14. 400 years of bondage. 400 years Israel's living in Egypt in bondage. And now the Passover, 10 plagues, they are going to be delivered from ever. They get, Lord parts the Red Sea, Israel walks through by faith, all the Egyptians come in, they're all wiped out by the, by the sea going back, and wow, what a moment, we're in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 is really a cool chapter for three reasons. The first song in the Bible is found in Exodus 15. Now, I'm not saying it's the first time anybody ever sang. I'm just telling you the first recorded song in the Bible is Moses. By the way, the second song in the Bible is recorded in Exodus 15. Moses' sister, Miriam, comes in. She's got her own little song with the girls' choir, and they're all singing. Well, you know why they're all singing? Because they've been saved out of bondage. And may I tell you, young person, have you ever heard Hindu music? Whoa. Have you guys ever heard Buddhist songs? Have you ever looked up the hymn book for Muslims? Whoa. You know who's got music? Christians. And I'll tell you why we got music. Because God has delivered us from the bondage of sin. No faith, no religion has music like we have music. 
He has put a new song in our hearts because we are redeemed. Isn't it interesting? The first song in the Bible is right after they're saved out of Egypt. I think that's the coolest thing. You say, Brother Scheller, where are you going tonight? I thought we were talking about bitterness. We are. And is it not interesting that the same chapter that has the first two songs in the Bible has the first time Mara is mentioned in the Bible too. First time bitterness is mentioned in the Bible, Exodus 15. Brother Noah, you got songs and then you got bitterness? Doesn't that tell you something? You can be singing the songs of Jesus here in the auditorium and by the time you get up the steps, of course that's a long time, but by the time you get up the steps, you can have bitterness in your heart. Let me tell you, bitterness can come in quick, buddy. I find it incredibly interesting that the chapter that holds the first two songs also holds everything about bitterness you need to know. Now, let's look real quickly. Exodus 15, verse 22. I got to get going. So, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went out three days in the wilderness and found no, everyone together at what the wilds, they found no what? Water. water. Hey, that was good. They found no water. That's a big deal because you ain't going long without water. Here, the people got upset. Oh, way to go, Moses. Yeah, deliver us out of Egypt to die of thirst in the desert. Boy, that's a great deliverance. And I got to tell you, they got a major problem. And let me tell you what they have a major problem with. Their justice system. Woo, 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 woo. Let me talk about justice system. Look at the next verse. And when they came to, everyone together, what's that word? All right, that was, that was pretty good. You guys probably, some of you maybe never said it before, but you just spoke Hebrew. Mara is the Hebrew word for bitter. Mara. And when they, so you could, you could read this verse this way. I like this. And when they came to bitter, they could not drink of the waters of bitter, for they were Mara. You could read it that way. Therefore, the name of it was called bitter. All right. It's the same word, bitter Mara, and it's all there. And they were, so here's what happens. They go three days without water. I shouldn't be laughing because I would not be laughing in that situation. They go three days without water. Their canteens are getting pretty empty. They're going to die in that desert. They finally see a little oasis. They come running up to the water. They start drinking the water. Ah! And they just spit it out. Ah! This is rancid. This is bitter. This is terrible. This for water is Mara. Moses! This is no joke. We're going to die. Now, let me give you the most important part of this message. I really mean this. The definition of bitterness. If you leave this message with the definition of bitterness, you got more than anything I, I could ask for. Don't ever forget this definition of bitterness. I'm going to say it twice. We're going to say it all together. Bitterness. The unresolved violation of your justice system. Bitterness, the unresolved violation of your justice system. Everyone together, what is bitterness? The unresolved violation of your justice system. 
Okay, that wasn't good enough, okay? So if we don't do it good enough, boys and girls, we're going to stand and do it because this is how big this is to me. you got to leave with the definition. So let's all try it again. Bitterness, the... And Brother Scheller, if we have to do it again, I think I'm getting an unresolved violation of my justice. Okay, hold on. So let me tell you what I think the strongest force in your being is. Now, we could have a little bit of a disagreement on this. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have a big problem with you on this. Because some of you are going to say, love. Love is the strongest force in my life. Love. And you know what? I'm, I'm with you. I do understand that. But I believe the strongest force, emotional force in a human being is justice. If, they, if something happens that is not right, it's not fair. That is not right what happened to me. That is not fair what they did. That is not justice. Hey, guys, we kind of went through a whole summer of that last year in America. It is this, and look at what it did. But we don't see love doing that. But when you have an unresolved violation of your justice system, I'm going to tell you, I do not believe there is a greater sin in America than bitterness. Everyone just, that's not right. It's not fair. By the way, you know that little phrase in Judges? Every man did that which was right in their own eyes. You know what the word right has to do with? Justice. Every man did that which was just in their own eyes. In other words, what they thought was right or whatever. When God created us, he created us in his image. So one of the things that God created us with is a justice system. We've just got two little problems. We're depraved. So our justice system is messed up. So what we think is right and wrong many times is not that way with God. And we don't, and here's our two problems. We look at things when they're happening right now because that's all we've got to look at. God is able to look way at the beginning and see way at the end. So when something happens, we say, God, that is not fair. Well, maybe at that very instant, it wasn't fair. But God knows what he's going to do. And you've got to trust God with his justice. Hey, there's a guy in the Bible. And you know what? There is nobody. And I have heard some stories this week about some of you campers that are amazing on what has happened in your life by this age. But there is nobody that you know and that's in this room that has ever lost 10 children, 3,000 cars, entire fields of crops, has lost everything like Job did. Job lost 10 children in a tornado. Job lost 3,000 camels, which are vehicles. Job lost hundreds of sheep, hundreds of cattle. He lost his cert. He lost everything. And we figure in a matter of about five minutes. One person comes in while he's talking. Another guy comes in. Within five minutes, this man has lost everything in his life, except for his wife. And we won't go there right now, but, but that's just kind of interesting. But he's lost everything. And what does he say? The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. God is not fair. That is not what he says. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How can somebody say that, Brother Shetler? He understands the justice of God. Job understand, understood God is a just God. And God will always do what 
is right. Now, right now, it may not look like it's right. Right now, it may not look good, but God is a just God. So let me tell you something. If you've got a bitter person, you have something that has happened in your life that you cannot resolve. No! No! No matter what happens, I will never forgive them for what they did. No, our, our family's been ruined because of what happened or whatever. Now, there's two directions of bitterness. There is horizontal and there is vertical. Let's talk about horizontal for a minute. Because some of you are going, no, let's do vertical first. Vertical is God. There are some of you in this room tonight that are bitter at God. You're not bitter at man. You really aren't. There's no one, no man, no person that you're bitter at. You're bitter at God. Because you said, you know what? If God is really good, why did this evil happen? You struggle with evil in this world because it doesn't reconcile with your view of a good God. And you struggle with that. And you go, this God, you know what? My whole problem is this way, man. And there is something wrong with this God. All you have to do is look at my life and look at this world and know there's something wrong. And you got vertical bitter. You got an unresolved violation this way. That why did God make me this way? Why did this happen? Why is this going on? If he's this good guy you talked about on Monday night, then why is this happening? And you have an unresolved violation of your justice system. And you take it to court. You're the witness. You're the prosecuting attorney. You're the judge. You got the whole thing going. And you do these court cases. And it's ruining you. You are being eaten away with the poison of bitterness. And it's destroying you. You got a vertical. But then we got horizontal. Now, horizontal is somebody else. No, honestly, Bill Scheller, I am not bitter at God. I'm bitter at her. I'm bitter at dad. I mean, what dad did. I am bitter at my relatives. I am bitter at a teacher, a coach. I am bitter at a friend. No, my problem is not with God, Brother Shetler. You have horizontal bitterness. You have an unresolved violation of your justice system. So look what happens here. This is so cool. Look at verse 24. And the people murmured. Now that's interesting. Against Moses. When someone has an unresolved violation of their justice system, they want to take it out against authority. They blame authority for what's happened in their life. Whether it's God as their authority and power, or whether it's, or it's, it's rather, but it'll be an authority position. Usually it comes out. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. That's a good thing to do. And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord made the bitter water sweet. Amen? All right, let's get over to hill. No. The Lord could have brought a fountain. The Lord could have said, hey, go over about another half mile. I got a really nice water hole for you. Or he could have changed the, 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 the bitter water. But he does something. And young person, what he does is the key and the answer to bitterness. Moses, do you see the old tree over there, the dead tree over there? Yeah, yeah. God showed him a, everyone together, God showed him a, a tree. He said, Moses, go get the tree. Take the tree and throw it in the water. Yeah, but, but God, we need, we need fresh water in this water. Moses, Go get the tree and throw it in the water. 
Moses gets the tree. He throws it in the water. And that bitter water turns sweet. Okay, Brother Shaq, can we get to a hit the fell now? Wait, stop. What Jesus, what God just told Moses to do is the key to all bitterness. If you've got bitter waters in your heart, you've got to go to the tree. I think we all know what the tree is. The tree is a cross. It's Calvary. If there is an unresolved violation of your justice system and you are struggling with something that's happened, go to Calvary. Because when you go to the tree, you see God's wrath, God's justice being poured out on the Son of God. Okay, so if you've got a problem with God, God, why did you make me this way? God, why did this happen in our family? Why did this happen? Da, 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 da. And it's something deep, man. You are bitter at God. Go to Calvary. And when you see the Son of God with his beard ripped off, and you imagine the crown of thorns punctured into his skull, when you look at the hamburger of his back that's been ripped by the cat of nine tails, when you see the nails that go pounded into his wrist, when you see him being spit on and beaten, and you see that he did that because he loves you, then it's kind of hard to be bitter at a God who showed you so much love. Now let me tell you something. I'm not looking at evidences for salvation, but let me tell you something. If you cannot resolve your bitterness with this God who loves you, then I do have to ask the question, have you ever experienced that love? Have you ever experienced that forgiveness? How could you have experienced the forgiveness of God and hold this against him for the way you were made or where you were, who your parents are or what happened to you, even if you were molested? How can you, not, how can you hold this against a God who gave his own son for you? Something's missing here. Either you're not understanding what he did or you've never received what he did. People that can't give forgiveness usually have never experienced forgiveness. People that can't get over bitterness are usually people that have never been to the cross. Teenager, there's some of you that are just reeking, dripping with bitterness. I ask you a question. Have you been to the cross yet? Have you ever experienced God's forgiveness? Do you know how much he loves you? Because if you don't, you are going to have vertical problems. Now, some of you say, no, Billy Scheller, I know I'm saved. Then you better get back to the tree. Because what's going on with you? You have experienced that. Oh, okay, well, okay, that's great. Brother Scheller, mine's not vertical, it's horizontal. Go to the tree. Why? Because on the tree, you see what Jesus Christ did for you. And I want to tell you this. You're not looking at like the best Christian at all. But there is something about me that I think is true with a lot of believers. But I really believe this is true about me. Jim, have you ever, have you ever been betrayed? Uh-huh. Have you ever been lied about? Uh-huh. 
You've ever had things badly posted on you about social media? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. How do you it? Well, this is what I've done. Nobody has ever done anything to Jim Shetler that is worse than what Jim Shetler did to Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ, if God for Christ's sake has forgiven Jim Shetler for all the stinking thoughts, all the terrible words, and all the evil actions that I have done, I can forgive anybody for what they've done. Nobody has ever done anything to me that is worse than what I did to Jesus. And Jesus forgave me of my sin. So I can forgive you of your sin. What if I go home and really lie about you and put terrible things on, on, on social media about you, Brother Shetler, and just really and, and say bad things about your kids and, and just do really bad things? I'll be hurt. But I will tell you what I'll do. You know what she's saying about me, God? It's not true and it hurts. But Lord, it ain't as bad as what I did to you. I forgive her. I forgive them. Now you hear this because we're going to look at a guy tonight that couldn't get over this. He could not get through his bitterness. He had an unresolved violation of his justice system and he couldn't get through it. Do you understand what bitterness is? And do you understand the answer? The answer to bitterness is you got to go to the cross. I like that. The tree, the cross. That's great. Guys, that's the answer. Now, let's look at a portrait. Real quickly, take your Bibles over to 2 Samuel chapter 15. So I'm in my office about a week after I had lunch with Steve, and I go like, okay, I got to find out who this Hithophel guy is. So I bring out the Strong's Concordance, and I open it up, and here we are, first reference to a Hithophel, 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter number 15. By the way, you guys are doing well. I don't sense the energy as last night, but that's okay, just as long as you're listening, because it gets good now. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 10. Now, first time his reference is verse 11, but, you know, whenever I read a passage, I always kind of like start a few verses ahead. So I go to verse 10, 2 Samuel 15, and I begin reading, but Absalom. Okay, so I don't have any clue who Ahithophel is at this point. But I know about this guy, Absalom. He is one of the sons from many different wives David has. And Absalom is the all the package. Absalom is tall, dark, and handsome. He's a charmer. He's got wit. He's got personality. He's a public speaker. Absalom has it all. And you know what else he's got? He's got a bitter attitude towards his dad. Whoa, is this guy bitter? Now, I don't know where this story's going to go at this point. This is the first passage I looked up. But one thing I know, as soon as you hear, you hear the name of Absalom, you're dealing with a bitter son. And I'll tell you what, some of you have got so much to offer, and you're never going to do anything for God because of your stinking bitterness. Absalom had everything. He had good looks. He had great wisdom. He had, oh, he had charisma, and people loved him. He walked in a room and go. There's, a, there's Absalom. Wow. What a ladies man. What a guy. This guy, man, he's just, he's got everything. But Absalom, because of his bitterness, his unresolved violation towards his dad, David, 
But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. You know what this guy's doing? He's taking the kingdom over from his dad. He's having a coup. He is overthrowing his father's kingdom. Why is he doing it, Brother Scheller? Because he's got an unresolved violation towards dad. And everything he could care less about being king, he wants his dad to go down. And I got to tell you, when you get consumed with bitterness, whoa, man. So I'm reading this. I'm going, wow, you got Absalom. Let's see verse 11. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity, <laughs> and they knew not anything. So he had, he had 200 teenagers with him. Verse number 12. Just joking, just joking. Verse 12. And Absalom sent for, dun, 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 first time he's mentioned in the Bible, but Absalom sent for everyone together, Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Well, Brother Shelley, there's your answer. Let's go home. Let's go out and play the football thing. Yeah, 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 Ahithophel the Gilanite, which is a suburb of Jerusalem, David's counselor. Okay, Brother Scheller, we know who Ahithophel is, he's David's counselor, let's go. No, no, wait a second. From his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices, a little religious guy there, and the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. Okay, so I'm in my office, this is the first passage I read about Ahithophel. And I go, wow, Ahithophel's David's counselor. So what is David's counselor doing with Absalom? Well, I learned something about bitterness a long time ago when I was a youth pastor. You know what it is? Birds of a feather. Help me out. Oh, and there is never more truth to that than in the area of bitterness. Bitter people find other bitter people because they've got to have the support for their unresolved violation of their justice system. And birds of a feather flock together. Bitter teenagers are with other bitter... Now, they may not be bitter about the same people. It may be they're bitter towards their parents and another one's bitter towards their parents. Someone may be bitter towards their coach and this person's bitter towards a teacher. Uh, you know, But they're bitter. And birds of a feather fly together. Now I'm getting interested in this guy, Ahithophel. Why would David's counselor go with Absalom? I said, well, i got to find this out. Steve said, you got to find this. It's going to be interesting. So the next reference is over in chapter 15, same chapter, verse 31. So let's see what happens here. Uh, uh, okay, so notice what happens. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite, the David's counselor, and the, and the coup occurs. Absalom takes over David's kingdom, and David's got to get out of Zion in night. He runs down into the Kidron Valley. He runs up into the Mount of Olives, and he's on the other side of Jerusalem now, hiding from Absalom, his son. It happens. They take over the kingdom one night. David's hiding now. He's got a few of his men with him, and he's like a, he's like a wounded animal out there running. Look at the next passage, verse 31. So David's all by himself, or he's with these few guys, and a guy comes running out from the eastern gate and runs down to the valley of Kedron and runs up the Mount of Olives, and he comes running, and he says, David, King David, King David, I've got news. And I know what David's thinking. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. 
David, you're not going to believe who joined with Absalom. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it was Ahithophel. David, guess who? Guess who is with Absalom? Who? Ahithophel. That's what I thought. Ahithophel. Look at what happens. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. About that time, another guy comes. I love this guy. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, I think that's the Mount of Olives, where he worshiped God, behold, Hushai. All right, you got to hear this guy. This is the greatest guy in the world. Everyone together, can you say his name with me? Hushai. That was good. Say it one more time. Now, Hushai is the golden retriever of the Old Testament, okay? Like, golden retrievers are like the best. You can do anything with them, you know? You put your, you know, you put your best friend and a golden retriever in the trunk of your car, okay? Come back two hours, open it up, and see who your real friend is, okay? Your golden retriever's still wagging his tail like, yeah, there you are. You're my man, you know? And the other one goes, I don't ever want to see you again, buddy. You know? Let me tell you, he, Hushai's the golden retriever. He's just this loyal guy. He comes running, and don't you just love it? He looks like one of these football players. He's got dirt in his helmet kind of thing. He's got dirt. His, his, his gown is ripped, and he comes running. David! David, I'm here for you! David, and he comes running over there. Look at this. this I love this. And, and, and he came to the da, 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 and worship. And God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. I mean, like he just got out of there. Maybe I'm getting away from Absalom. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, Hushai, I'm here, man. Whatever you want, I'm here for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. Burden on you. Like, I'm your best friend, man. I'll do anything for you. Well, I know. And this is what I want you to do, Hushai. But if thou return to the city, return to the city, that's where that guy Absalom is. Yeah, Hushai, be quiet. And say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king. Yeah, that ain't happening, David. I'm not going to be at. Hushai, just take it easy for just a minute, okay? As I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant then. Mayest thou, for me, because I just found this out, defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel's with Absalom. I just knew it. I never trusted that guy. Okay, so Husha, uh, I need some help. I want you to go back into Jerusalem, and I want you to be my spy. And whatever Ahithophel says, I want you to counter it. Man. I want to be with you, David. No, this is the best thing you can do. If this is the best thing I can do for you, I'm yours. I'm going back. By the way, don't you like the very end of the last verse there in verse 15? So Hushai, David's friend. I'm telling you, this is the, this is the, the lavatory. This is the, 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 whatever, the golden retriever of the Old Testament. Okay, so now we got to go to another one. Chapter 16, verse 20. So this is the third time in my strong concordance that I came across Ahithophel. And it kept, kept 16, 20. Now, this one is really interesting, so pay attention. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, give counsel. Now, Absalom's running the place now. David's gone. He's running the whole thing. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, this is what you 
going unto your father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. Now get this. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house. You guys remember that top of that house? You remember that night when David should have been out battling with his Israelites? When he should have been out battling with his warriors? He can't sleep because he's not where he ought to be. And he goes to the top of this house. And he looks over and he sees a woman bathing. And he finds out about this woman Bathsheba. And he said, bring her to me. And he has sin. All of that happened on the top of this house. Now this is extremely interesting. What did Ahithophel tell Absalom to do? Here. Go on top of that roof and put a tent on top of that roof and then take all of David's wives and concubines and have your way with them. And have your way with them and that all Israel will know. Brother Shelley, I, I just got to ask him, how does Ahithophel come up with something like this? Oh, this is very interesting. When Nathan confronted David about his sin, David said, once he understood it, he said, I have sinned. Will God forgive me? 2 Samuel chapter 12. Nathan says, God will forgive you. And by the way, this is so cool, young person. Forgiveness is not the absence of consequences. Forgiveness is the restoration of a relationship. When you sin, there are consequences. I, Mom, Dad, I, I thought you forgave me. We do. We forgive you. Let's restore our relationship. But there's consequences because of what you did. Young person, forgiveness is not the absence of consequences. Forgiveness is the restoration of a relationship. When David got right with God, God said, okay, let me tell you something. You got some consequences. Oh, I know what that is, Brother Seller. The baby. That, that was conceived with David and Bathsheba, that baby died. You're right. Well, I should say you're half right. That's only one of two consequences. Do you know what else Nathan said? Nathan said, your wives and concubines will be shamed in front of all of Israel. Guess who heard that? Ahithophel. When Absalom said, Ahithophel, what should we do next? What should we do next? Ahithophel said, I'll tell you what you do. You put a tent on that roof and you finish the judgment that David ought to have. Now, no, stop. Now we need to, you guys help me out, please. What is the definition of bitterness? What, if you're bitter, what is the number one thing that you want? Everyone together, what's the definition of bitterness? The So what is the number one thing? If you're a bitter person, what do you want above everything else? What do you want? You want justice. So Ahithophel says, we haven't been done. David's not done with his consequences yet. David needs justice. I'm reading this, and I'm going, who is Ahithophel? Who is this guy? 
Well, it gets better or it gets worse. Look at chapter 17. Oh, 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 no, no, we got to say something here. Okay, so when Ahithophel said unto Absalom, go in and do the thing. And then so that they spread the uh, Absalom, the tent, verse 22. Look at verse 23, because this one put a kink in everything with me when I was studying. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracles of God. So was also the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. Okay, oh man, I'm confused. And so was I. Brother Sheldon, does this passage teach that Ahithophel spoke like God spoke? Yes. Well, Brother Sheldon, I thought he was bitter. He is. This guy's reeking with bitterness. But you just said he spoke as the oracles of God. He does. I don't understand. I didn't either. But a memory came back to me. It was a Wednesday night at Campus Church, Pensacola Christian College. A preacher came. He's well-known. He was in Sword of the Lord and well-known, one, one of the most probably popular preachers in America. He came in on a Wednesday night. He was the guest speaker. He preached a message that night on first, second, and third generation Christianity. That night... I could say honestly, I think it was 1991, was the first night I had ever experienced the Spirit of God in revival. The service went about two and a half hours, and people just kept on getting right with God and coming forward. I never saw anything like it. Three months after that night, news got out that that preacher that spoke in our church that night had prostitutes all over America that he would visit when he would travel and speak. He had to leave the ministry. His family was destroyed. The church was split where he was the pastor. And I said, how long had that been going on? Way before he came that Wednesday night and spoke. And I got to tell you, I struggled with that because I know God was on that service. But the guy was living in stinking sin the night that he preached. And young people, I struggled with that. I said, God, I don't understand. And I'm not telling you tonight, I got this all figured out. I, don't, I do know this. God blesses his word. God puts his hand on his truth. And I will tell you, the ravens brought ravens, dirty animals, dirty birds, brought good food to Elijah. I don't know what to tell you, but I know this. You can be a bitter person and be behind a pulpit. You can be a bitter person and everyone thinks you're the most spiritual person in your youth group. You got your counselor fooled as probably the best kid in the cabin, but you're stinking, got unresolved violation of your justice system, and you're bitter. Listen, guys, Ahithophel is one bitter man, but when he spoke, he spoke as the oracles of God. I don't totally understand that, but I am telling you, it can happen, and it happened with Ahithophel. I want you to see something else. Chapter 17, we're almost done. Matter of fact, there's only two more passages that he's got his name in it. In chapter 17, Ahithophel says the counsel now that he should do. So Absalom, this is what you ought to do. Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, 
Let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. Right now! You give me 12,000 men, I'm going to go get David right now. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed. And I will make him afraid, and all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. And I will bring back all the people unto thee, Absalom. Now, you don't know this yet, and I didn't know this either, but I'm going to interject this right now. Ahithophel's an old man. How do you know that, Brother Shelley? We've got to wait till the end. But I'm just telling you, he's an old man. And that's important right now, because here's why. We got this old guy, and he comes to Absalom, and he says this. Absalom, you give me 12,000 men. You give me 12,000 men, and I'll go tonight, and I'll get David and bring his head back on a charger. Oh, Absalom. I'll do it tonight. Give me 12,000 men. And I got to tell you something. As bitter as Absalom is, he's going, whoa, boy, take it easy. We'll get dad, okay? But you are one bitter guy. So even bitter Absalom thinking, I better get counsel from somebody else because I'm just not too sure about this Ahithophel guy right now. And I got to find a good counselor. Dun, 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 dun. In comes... Hushai! In comes, get Hushai. So Hushai comes in. Yes, sir, I'm here for you. What do you want? Hey, Hushai, I got to ask you something. What do you think I ought to do with my father right now? Um, what did Ahithophel say? Well, Ahithophel says I should go get him tonight. Send 12,000 men with Ahithophel and go get him tonight. Right, right now that he's left. What do you think? Ahithophel said, get him tonight, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. This is really cool what he does. Yahushai. He comes up with this right off the spot. He says, hey, Absalom, you ever seen a wounded animal? Yeah. And they get cornered? Yeah. They're pretty dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. I got to tell you, you don't want to be going after your dad right now. Give it a little bit of time. Wait a while. Get more organized. And later on, go get your dad. But I'd let him go tonight. Yeah, that's good thinking, Hushai. I think I'll do what you say. Young people, can I tell you? Had Absalom listened to Ahithophel that night, David would have been killed. Because David was not prepared at all. But Absalom, and I believe the sovereignty of God and the providence of God stepped in, and Absalom listened to Hushai instead of Ahithophel. Now there's another passage that I want you to see with Ahithophel. You're in chapter 17. Look at verse 23. Actually, there's one other time that Ahithophel's mentioned. You're, you wait till you see that. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 17. I want you to go to verse 23. So here's what happens. Ahithophel finds out that Absalom took Hushai's counsel instead of his. Look at what happens. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his house in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Guys, do you know what Ahithophel did 
He goes home, gets his house in order, and he commits suicide. Now, I want to talk to you for a minute. I do not believe this for 100% of suicide. But I do believe the number one reason for suicide is the unresolved violation of a justice system. There is a person, I've been at the casket of four teenagers who have committed suicide. All of them were bitter kids. They felt they were bullied. They, were, uh, they had unresolved violations. They hated who they were. And they took their final justice step. I'm going to take my life. I am not saying that all suicide is because of bitterness. But I am saying that bitterness is the number one reason for suicide. There is an unresolved violation of their justice system. And they can't work it out. So now they're going to do the final act of justice and take their life. Now, young people, there are some of you tonight that have thought about taking your life. And I do not believe it's a clinical depression problem. For almost anybody in here, it is a bitter problem that you haven't resolved and you don't want to live. Young person, this is big time stuff. Ahithophel commits suicide because he has an unresolved violation of his justice system. I'm in my office, and I'm going, <laughs> I am ready to call Steve. Who is this guy? This guy is so bitter, he committed suicide. I'm looking in my Strong's Concordance, and there's one more reference. There's just one more reference of Ahithophel in the Bible. And I said, well, I better turn to it. 2 Samuel chapter 23. And so I turn over to 2nd, I'm turning over to 2 Samuel 23, and I'm going over to 2 Samuel 23. 2nd Samuel 23, 2nd Samuel 23, 2nd Samuel, wait a second, wait a second, 2nd second Samuel 23, 2nd Samuel 23. 2nd Samuel 23. Isn't that the list that David puts together, the David's mighty men? You guys ever heard of those before? I love those guys. Matter of fact, I'm thinking to myself, I did a series on this. The, the, a series on David's mighty men. Every one of these stories are so cool. There's a guy that, is, by the way, the guy's name's Dodo. Don't you just love that name? I just love, hey, Dodo! I'm one of David's mighty men, you know? There's a guy that gets a hold of, an, of a sword, and he, and he kills so many Philistines that at the end, they can't get the sword out of his hand. He grabbed a hold of that sword so much, they can't get it. Hey, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I can't open it, try open it, I can't let go of it. I love that. There's a guy in the middle of a winter falls in a pit and fights a lion and kills a lion in the middle of the winter in a pit. Come on. How do you get better than that? I mean, there's a guy that goes to a pea patch and he fights all these Philistines and he won't leave his pea patch. I mean, this guy, there's just these coolest guys in there. Brother Shetland, is Ahithophel one of David's mighty men? Well, I'm turning there and I'm going, ain't no way. David puts Ahithophel down as one of his mighty men, and do you know what, campers? He's not. But his son is. Ahithophel has a son. And his son is one of David's mighty men. Look at verse 34. Eliphlet, the son of Abishai, the son of the Maclethite. Eliam, 
the son of Ahithophel, the Gilonite. Now, I'm going crazy. Who is Ahithophel? And I don't have any other passages to turn to. And I'm going, it's Steve Rouse, where are you? But there is something that is really cool right here. I have not put the puzzle together yet, but there is something that I know. I know that Ahithophel is one bitter guy. But Ahithophel has a son who turns out to be a mighty man in David's army. And you know what that tells me? Everything that happens to you in your life, you can either get bitter or you can get better. Young person, I have heard stories this week that in 42 years of ministry, I have never heard. I'm telling you the honest truth. I have heard what the world would call tragedies with some young people in this auditorium that I have never heard in 42 years of ministry. I am being as honest as I can be. And you know what, young person? You can be bitter the rest of your life. Or you can be better. A lion turns out to be one of David's mighty men. A lion's got a dad who's bitter. And some of you got parents that are living with bitterness. And you go, man, I just got to tell you, Brother Scheller, I do not want to leave this place. You have no idea what I'm going back to next week. No, I don't. But I'll tell you this. You can either be bitter all your life or you can be better. There are two things that nobody controls but you. Your attitude and your effort. You are the only one that controls your attitude and you are the only one that controls your effort. If you want to have a stinking attitude of bitterness all of your life, that will be your choice. But do know this, Ahithophel killed himself, but he had a son who ended up being one of David's mighty men. Brother Shetler, are you not telling us who Ahithophel is? I'm dying, and I'm getting really tired. Well, you know what I was too. And I'm going, okay, there's no more references of Ahithophel. So who is this, the lion guy? Let me check here. So I go in my Strong's Concordance. A lion is mentioned two times. He's mentioned right here, 2 Samuel 23, verse 20, 34. And he's mentioned in another place. So I said, okay, let's figure out who this alarm guy is. 2 Samuel chapter 12. So I go back, come on, everyone, this is it. Now you're going to find out who Ahithophel is. So I'm going back to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12, or excuse me, 2 Samuel 11, excuse me. 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'm going back to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And as I'm going back to 2 Samuel 11, isn't that the story of David and Bathsheba? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at verse 2. And it came to pass at evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, guys, who is Ahithophel? And one said, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Bathsheba is the daughter of Eliam. Eliam is the son of Ahithophel. Bathsheba. 
is Ahithophel's granddaughter. Ahithophel is the grandfather of Bathsheba. Now I understand the unresolved violation of his justice system. You're in David's palace. You're a couple guys talking about the news about David and Bathsheba. And down the corridor comes Ahithophel. Shh, shh, be quiet. Hey, Ahithophel, how you doing? What are you guys talking about? Uh, The weather in Jerusalem. No, you're not. What are you talking about? And they hang their heads. You're talking about my granddaughter, aren't you? I just want to tell you something. You go ahead and call him the big giant killer. You call that pervert the shepherd psalmist. You go take his little songs. He destroyed our family. And what he did stinks. Oh, you can call him whatever you want. A man after God's own heart. I say he's a murderer. I say he's a home destroyer. And I will never forgive David. Well, Grandpa's got a problem. He has an unresolved violation of his justice system. By the way, gang, where does he need to go? To the cross. He needs to know of the Messiah who will come and die for his sins. Because his son Eliam did it. But Ahithophel never did. I preached this at a camp one night. And when the message was over, a seventh grade boy. Now, I'm thinking seventh grade boys do not listen to my messages. But this seventh grade boy came up to me. And he said, hey, Brother Shetler, I liked your message tonight. That was a cool mystery. I said, well, that's great, son. And he said, hey, did you ever think about this? What's that? I'm thinking, well, you know, what's, he, what's the seventh grader going to tell me? He said, if Ahithophel hadn't killed himself, he could have raised his great-grandson, Solomon. He never got to see the wisest man there ever was. He never got to see his great-grandson, Solomon. And I said, son, that's pretty good. I'm using that, man. That's pretty good. Now, you hear this. You think you can go back with your bitterness and it not affect you or anybody else. Generations could be affected because you have never been able to resolve something that happened to you in your teen years. Young person, this is bigger than you think. Tonight, you need to go to the tree. There are people in this room tonight that need to experience the forgiveness of God and need to release the unforgiveness that you have towards people and the bitterness you have towards God. And you need to say, dear God, no one's ever done anything to me that's worse than what I did to you. And Lord, I need to forgive them tonight. Shame on you if you go back with bitterness towards your mom and dad. Shame on you if you go back. Can you not see what Christ has done for you? Now, I won't tell you this. I believe that there's people in this room tonight that are not saved. And the reason why you're not saved is you have an unresolved violation of your justice system. Well, let me just tell you, 
You need to go to the cross and see what Christ has done for you. 